1: Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. I hope you're all having a good day. And uh, I might be coming down with a head cold or something. My voice is starting to deepen on its own. and a little bit of a sniffle, so we'll see how that goes. No big deal, but uh, there you go. And if you want to give me a call, as usual, all I have to do is dial 877 Seven six. I want to hear from you. Today's date is January 31st, 2024, and so it's the last day of January. All right, tomorrow's February 1st, February 1st, and I'm going to be out in Tennessee on the 20th. I'll fly out there on the 20th, and I'm going to speak at a conference, and I sent a newsletter out last night on that, so... I think we have it on the calendar, don't we? Have it in the calendar? I don't know if we do or not. I hope so. Anyway, so we'll see. I'll get some more information up there. And uh, it'll be um, about an hour from Tennessee. So I don't know. I forget which city it is. But uh, anyway, it's Y Calvinism. That's what it is. Uh, James White's going to be there. And some others are going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, there you go. And if you're in the area and you want to stop by, uh, it'd be great to meet you. All right. Hey, if you want to give me a call, please do. Just dial 877 And if you want to email me, you can email me a comment or a question. Just direct your email to info at karm.org, info at karm.org. And in the subject line, just please put something like radio question, or radio comment, and um, then what I can do is I can check them out. All right, just check them out. All right, all right, uh, okay. So, all right, well, there we go. I got stuff coming in, and what the that was weird. Something just popped up my screen and, and disappeared back. That was that was strange. I only had a glance at it. All right, so, uh that's it. Give me a call, okay? And also, let's see. Uh, I got. Some, I sent a newsletter out last night, and and uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> oh man, look at this. I got. You know, I put a newsletter out, today and I said I'm going. You know, I'm be doing it at this conference, and someone actually wrote back, "Bro, Calvinism, really? It's what you dedicated your final years to?" <laughs> no it's not uh but i wish people would just uh you know just not overreact but they do uh they do oh okay well look at that man there's so, so much stuff coming in how to prepare for the tribulation oh listen to that i was in uh listen to your your radio show when i'm in the car uh, at that time thank you for your ministry you recently mentioned that you have information an information sheet on what we should do to prepare for the tribulation such as how much food to store up etc uh, yeah i haven't released it yet they want to know if they have the information i'm going to have to work on that and uh, uh develop it i want to develop links and things like that it'll probably take me a few hours to get it to go and to work so i think i'm going to work on that Woo! there we go hey let's get on the air with brandon from north carolina brandon welcome you are on the air
2: thank you sir uh big fan of yours by the way i've been trying thanks. to trying to get on the call list for a while but i either been dialing the number wrong or just was too far back okay. in the queue but uh big fan so thank you for having me on
1: sure no problem man. thanks for calling
2: uh so I will be calling back with more questions after this question, but we'll do one thing at a time. I uh, just wanted your opinion on basically gifts of the Spirit and, you know, whether it's, whether you have, like, a cessationist viewpoint or just what is scripturally accurate and what to look for, because it's obviously abused in certain places by certain people, so I just sort of wanted your opinion uh, goggles to view it through for lack of a
1: better term um well uh, i believe in the continuation of all of the gifts and i don't see anything in scripture that says that they're going to cease just don't see it so i don't affirm it and i believe that all of the gifts are for today i believe all the gifts are for uh for the christian church today as a whole all right okay understood understood Mm -hmm. okay
2: and can I ask you one more quick question
1: sure no problem man. go ahead
2: um you know I've been been encouraged to to to, I guess uh, pray in tongues you know during during the quiet time and then you know pray for you know and then follow that and then praying to you know for, for the interpretation after the fact, and I'm just curious on, you know, I'm like, I'm like, do does the Lord want me to to pray in, in, in English? Or I, I guess I just, I'm trying to determine when okay. is appropriate versus inappropriate.
1: All right. Well, uh, since I do affirm that all the charismatic gifts are for today, uh, and I have my reasons for it exegetically. If anybody wants to call me, if we can talk about it, that's fine. But, uh, when people speak in tongues, uh, that's fine. I've heard of many accounts of people doing that, where they speak in languages they don't understand in different evangelical contexts or missionary contexts, and, um, uh, and people understood them, and they didn't understand what they were saying. And interpreters have said, this is what you said, and you know it's, it's documented. Um, so when you want to speak in tongues, uh, I would say don't force it. Because a lot of uh, charismatics, you know, they want to say, you know, buy me a Honda, 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 and then next thing you know, you're speaking in tongues, you know. And so, uh, you know, don't do that. If God wants you to speak in tongues, you will. Don't push it. Don't worry about it. It says in First Corinthians 14, if you speak in a tongue, your mind is not edified. And he said he'd rather speak, uh, you know, so that you can understand. So I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't seek it. I would just say that lord if you want me to do this then go ahead put it upon my heart to do it and manifest it at the right time and if not no big deal don't seek those gifts well actually i need to make a correction okay let me go to first corinthians 14 all right come on hold on a sec there we go first corinthians 14 it says uh uh pursue love yet desire earnestly Spiritual gifts. Now, the word spiritual there is pneumatica, not charismata. So it's saying pursue the spirituals, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, that is a charismatic gift. So we can say the spiritual gifts, he's saying pursue them. You know, for one speaks in a tongue, doesn't speak to men, but to God, you know, who understands. And in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. And it goes on, and you should read 1 Corinthians 14. And so, my concern is that people want to experience these things and that's the goal I say experience God and if he wants you to move some way like that then he'll work it upon you and within you to do that and don't seek necessarily the gift above Christ and that's the thing a lot of people do that and so don't force anything and also generally speaking speaking in tongues is not something i'd recommend people do in a church unless that church is open to it and they have a designated time and situation in which they open uh the body of christ up to uh, the, the spirituals the, the charismatic stuff and even then it should be done in order you know speaking in tongues with interpretation otherwise remain silent so that's that that's it and and um that's what i would say to start with okay
2: yeah, no that that was that was that was exactly what I was hoping you were going to say. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Well, good. And then okay. i'll I will be I will be calling you back later this week with um, looking for your favorite talk, talking points against Catholicism. I'm working on Let's the right now. family right now. We have okay. nobody waiting perfect. right now.
1: It's not a problem. Okay. Uh, perfect. Yeah. So, uh, Catholicism is. Not Christian. Catholicism is apostate. It's not a true Christian church. And the reason is because it preaches a false gospel and it, it promotes idolatry. So that's what I say regularly, and it's the case. And I'm looking, so I get my file. There it is, open up. My file on Catholicism is 198 pages. That's my my word document so I really do study is that that on
2: is that that on CARM no
1: No, but uh, a lot of the articles uh, I've written about 140 articles or something like that on Catholicism and you can go there and check it out what I'm probably going to end up doing is converting a lot of what I've written here into further articles so that there will be between 200 to 250 articles on Catholicism I'm just, I just I just work on stuff all the time Okay, so Here's the thing uh, I've developed a few things Talking to Catholics That I think are effective And very simple And yeah, perfect. Non, Non-offensive at the same time Because I'm not there to, to offend them Okay, I want them to believe the truth of the gospel And I'll, I'll say to them And this is something you should read I don't know if you're writing this down or not But you should, should study Romans uh, chapter I, 4 I, verse
2: I, I am I'm
1: writing it down right now. Oh, all right. So you need to study Romans 4, 1 through 5. Okay, let me explain what's going on with that. Romans 4, 1 through 5 is absolutely critical. This is what it says. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified, that's the word we're going to be focusing on, if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about but not before God for what does the scripture say Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness so what I do is I stop the Catholic and I say according to the scriptures here what was credited to him as righteousness and they give me different answers I said let me read the text again Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness so what was credited as righteousness and finally they'll say well his belief but his belief had to have works His belief." You know, I say Paul's not saying that is he you're saying that you're adding to the word to make it fit your theology just believe what it says and I just focus on it right so Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness so believing is credited as righteousness now to the one who works his wage is not credited as a favor, but what is due. This is verse 5. This is a killer verse. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Woo! Notice what it says here. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. So that's what justification is, the crediting of righteousness. It's right there in the text. So that's point one. You go through the Bible with them, Romans 4, 1 through 5, and you show that the crediting of righteousness is what justification is. Now, I'll say, notice what it says in verse 5, but to the one who does not work but believes. I say there's two things here that is spoken of, works and belief and one is removed, works. Therefore, belief is by itself. It's belief alone. When it does not work, but believes, that means by faith alone, I believe in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. That's what the text is saying. Now we get back in the break here. I'll share some more with you, okay? So hold on. Hey, folks, if you want to give me a call, eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the show. All right, Brandon, are you still there? Yes, sir. All right. Now, I was doing emails, answering emails in the break. During the break, sorry, I forgot what we were talking about and what I left off with. Oh, sorry about that.
2: Uh, oh, it, oh, I remember now.
1: Catholicism. Yes, I remember. Yes. <laughs> sorry. And, you guys, All right, and so, we just
2: went through
1: Romans 4. Yep. Right, Romans 4, verse 5. To the one who does not work, but believes. It's an important part. Okay, It's an important point, I should say. And you ask them, if you only have two things here and one's removed, is the other by itself? And the answer is, well, yeah. Now, they won't like that because they're... Trained by their false religion leaders to always believe in works, always believe in works, always believe in works. old James 2 says, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So, and when they do that, when they jump to another scripture to contradict this one, just say, Well, we can look at that, but you're not supposed to use scripture to contradict scripture. It's not, that means uh, there's a problem there.
2: That's okay? a, that is a good point. That's,
1: that's what they do all the time. They go, Well, the Bible says over here, the contrary. Are you saying the Bible contradicts itself? Because if if I'm saying if I'm just reading this to you and you go to another place that contradicts that, why are you doing that? Don't you understand what it says here and what it says over there? No, we'll go to James too in a little bit. Yeah. All right. So now write this down: Philippians one twenty nine, Philippians one twenty nine, and John six twenty nine. Okay, and along with Romans five one. So here's the key. So you go to Romans 4, 1 through 5, Romans 5, 1, Philippians 1, 29, John 6, 29. I'll explain how to use them, and it's good. So we've gone through Romans 4, and we've shown how justification is by faith. Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I ask him, Does the text here say, does this verse say we're justified by faith? And they have to say yes. But yes, the faith has to have works. So that's what, and I say, you're right. That's what James is talking about. But, but this isn't here. Now, see, now, in Philippians 1.29, it says God has granted that we have faith. That's what it says. To you it has been granted to believe. And in John 6.29 jesus says this is the work of god that you believe on him in whom he has sent so the work of god aka
2: AKA divine sovereignty and election
1: no 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 just hold on so the work of god is that you believe on whom he has sent that's god's work you believe on jesus now you ask this question there's two questions is the faith that God grants to us that's in Jesus, is that enough to justify us? Okay, it's simple. Is the faith that God grants to us, that faith that's in Jesus, is that faith that comes from God, is that what comes from God, enough to justify us, as the Bible says, we're justified by faith? Gotcha. Yes. Okay. And then you can also ask this question. Does the Bible say we're justified by faith? They'll have to say yes. And you say, are we justified by faith when we have faith? Because they want to say, you're justified by faith when you get baptized. You're justified by faith when you take communion or the Eucharist. You're justified by faith when you go to the priest or when you get baptized, whatever it is. And I say, if you're justified by faith, are you justified by faith when you have faith? If they say yes, then they don't need all the Catholic stuff. If they say no, they're exactly. disagreeing with Scripture. Okay? All right? Now, James James 2, I'm going to show you something. Go through it. All right? Uh, what uses, verse 14, James 2, 14, everything's about context. What uses it, brethren, if someone says he has faith but he has no works, can that faith save him? what faith is he talking about a faith that is dead is the faith that God grants to us a dead faith Philippians 129 they can't say it is but now you see why this is this is powerful Okay, and, and James says if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food and one of you says to them go in peace be warmed and be filled and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body what use is that even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. And We agree. We, and You say, yeah, we agree. True faith comes from God, and it always has works with it, doesn't it? False faith is not from God, right? Verse 18, someone may well say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. This is horizontal. You show me your faith by your works, I'll show you mine by my works but Romans 4 is the vertical because Romans 4 what then shall we say that Abraham our forefather according to the flesh is found for if Abraham was justified by works he has something to boast about but not before God not before God That's vertical justification before God James 2 is justification before people that's the horizontal And he goes on to verse 19. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, oh, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? That's what we're saying. Those of us who believe in justification by faith alone in Christ alone, we believe. If you're really a believer, you're going to have works that manifest. It's not the works that save you. But he goes on. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was Abraham... Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? Who was he justified before? God. God granted him faith, and Romans four three is a quote from from Genesis fifteen six. And Genesis fifteen six, it says he was credited as righteous. He believed that, and it wasn't for till Genesis twenty two when he offered up Isaac. He was already justified before he offered up Isaac. You want to recognize faith without works is useless. Was not our father Abraham justified by works? Not before God. Romans 4 tells us that. And was already justified by faith. Genesis 15, 6. When he offered up Isaac, Genesis 22. You see, faith was working with his works. And as a result of his works, his faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, "And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned him as righteousness." And I ask him, "What does James say was reckoned him as righteousness?" His belief, not his works. The justification uh, by works that he's talking about in verse 21 is before people, because verse 18 says, some, "Some, you know, you show me your works, I'll show you mine." That's the context. That's what's going on. Okay.
2: Yeah, and I All feel right. like a lot of the, the back-and-forth is always a horizontal comparison as opposed to, like you were saying, vertical. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Right.
1: All right. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, buddy.
2: Yes. Thank you. All right. Thank you, thank you. I'll be calling back well, again soon. I appreciate it.
1: Please do. And if you call back even later today in the show, I'll show you some stuff that – that uh Catholicism says that is horrible. It's just horrible. And I read it to Catholics, and they, oh, oh, it' bad. All right, brother, we'll see you. God bless. <laughs> hey, folks, there is uh, the music. We've got a break coming up if you want to give me a call. 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Let's get on the air with Emmanuel from, or Manuel, I guess, Manuel from Wisconsin. Welcome. You're on the air.
2: Hey, brother. Uh, yeah, I'm from Wisconsin, but I'm uh, working in Atlanta right now, and I'm on a okay. trip, and there's Jehovah's Witness, like everywhere and so I wanted to know what are some good uh, discussions to have with them not necessarily like gotcha verses but something to start a conversation with them and
1: uh, carry on the conversation with them well um, it's gonna be a tough one because Jehovah's Witnesses they deny the Trinity the deity of Christ justification by faith they deny his resurrection. Mm-hmm. And uh, they teach that when you die, you don't exist anymore. So it's really difficult to just tell somebody over the radio, hey, just do this. And say, hey, here's how you do it. But I can give you some pointers, okay? And So it, I would recommend that you don't just jump in necessarily and try and show the Trinity. But... I happen to know some stuff that's really interesting, and if you want, you can mess them up by using their own Bible. And I can show you how to do that, and there's verses where we yeah. I just have them read it out of their Bible, and they go. They usually say, "Are you trying to show me the Trinity?" And I say, "You got the Trinity out of that?" And it really—it's a <laughs> lot of fun to, to see their expressions. And uh, one of them that I go to—I'm going to I'm gonna do this because. Uh, I think they've altered it. Uh, is uh, um, Exodus, oh, oh my goodness, just Exodus 1924, or Genesis 1924, Genesis. Man, I get so many verses in my head sometimes that it, I have to sort through them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what I'm going to do is, I'm on the Jehovah's Witness website right now, and I believe that they have changed that verse. So, I don't talk about the jo- J-dubs too much anymore. So here we go. I'm going to go to their so-called online Bible and I'm going to go to uh, their study edition online and I'm going to go to Genesis 19 and come on, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. It's slow. And verse 24. What it actually says in the Hebrew is Yahweh rain fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah from Yahweh. That's what it says. What they've done is this: Then Jehovah made it rain sulfur and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. It came from Jehovah, from the heavens. But they see what they routinely do is alter the translations to make it fit what they want. So if they have an older version of the Bible, uh, of their stuff, it works in the 1984 version, and where it says Jehovah rain fire and brimstone from Jehovah. And that is a problem for them, and so that's why I would say you would need a 1984 version uh, of the of the their New World Translation. It's not a translation; it's a it's a it's a corruption. So so um, one of the things I will do is uh, with that I will go to Amos four ten and eleven. This is what God is saying: I sent among you a pestilence like that of Egypt. With the sword, I killed your young men and captured your horses. I made the statue of your camp rise up in your nostrils. Yet you have not returned to me, declares Jehovah. I over—I caused an overthrow among you, like God's overthrow of overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now that'll that can get them thinking, because why is Jehovah saying he did something like God did? And that mm-hmm. throws them, particularly with Levitic with uh, Genesis nineteen twenty-four thrown in. Okay, that's one thing. Is, here's is that else. the Amos
2: or Is that is that also going to be in the older Bible or is
1: yes. that? It's good. It okay. works in the old, in their older version. They keep changing it when they find that there's problems, so they change the Bible to make it fit their their what they want. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Now here's something that that uh, that will work. This is I'm going to read out of their New World Translation online. It says and I God speaking. In verse 2, God said to Moses, I am Jehovah. And I'll ask him, was that an angel? Well, no, because the text says God spoke and said, I am Jehovah. No Jehovah, I mean, no angel would say, I am Jehovah, right? That's correct, okay. Mm -hmm. And I used to appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. But regard his name, he did not make himself known to them. So I asked the Jehovah's witness. I said, "Did God Almighty appear?" And if they skip, whatever they say, I, I won't accept it until they admit this the text says that God spoke. And Jehovah, He says, "I am Jehovah." And I, that's why I ask him. Will an angel say, "Quote unquote, I am Jehovah?" No. So it's not an angel because they want to say that. We say it says God appeared, right? Then they might go to John one eighteen. If they go to John one eighteen, I'm just giving you a lot of stuff. I know this takes talking to the J Dubs isn't as easy as a lot of people think. You have to know a little bit more. In John one eighteen, it says no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, who's in the Father's side, is the one who explained Him. They might go to that verse. If they do, you say, Yeah, Jesus is the only begotten God, isn't He? Don't don't go anywhere with it. Just leave it at that. And so no man's ever seen God at any time. But they were seeing God Almighty, right? Because you just went to yeah. Exodus 6, 2, and 3. Now they're going to get a little confused. So now what you do is you go to John chapter 6, verse 46. And I'm going to get that and, and uh, go to it here. Let's see. 46 this is what Jesus said not that any man has seen the father Except the one who is from God. He has seen the father. He's talking about himself, right? I see so mm-hmm. Jesus said no man's ever seen the father, but in Exodus 6 2 and 3 they were seeing God Almighty Who is God Almighty who's not God the father? That's the question yeah and I, I literally had one Jehovah's Witness girl say, "Well, that was Jesus," <gasps> and then she, oh my goodness, and then she closed her Bible and she just got out of there as fast as she could. So that's just that's one of the, that's an, uh, another thing you can do. Okay, Alright. So try and show the little thing So one of the things you can do is just say, you know, thank you, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and um, you you can say this, you know, I've studied the Word, and I have questions. I'm always learning maybe you could help me maybe you might know something mm-hmm. which is true you know I, I've mm-hmm. learned stuff from Mormons Jehovah's Witnesses Muslims I mean I don't know everything and I'll say okay and they'll say sure can I use your Bible and you go to Exodus 6 2 and 3 and I said there's a God Almighty who's being seen yes they go to John six forty six. 46 it wasn't the father who are they saying who's God Almighty who's not the father that's the, the toughy okay Mm-hmm. You see that? So Exodus six, two, verse three, and mm-hmm. John yeah, no, six, two 46. and three. Exodus six, verses two and three. Two, 2 and three. Okay. Uh huh. And John six forty six. Yes. Okay. And let me just add this to that one right there. You go to First uh, Timothy, chapter six, verse sixteen. And the, I'm reading. I'm looking at their what they say online with their their false Bible. But this is what it says there. It's talking about God and Jesus. And in verse fifteen, uh, it says, "Which the happy, the happy, and only potentate will show show in its own appointed times. He is the King of Kings, uh, the King of those who rule as the kings of, and Lord of those who rule as lords." the one alone having immortality who dwells in unapproachable light who no man has seen or can see. And I ask him, who's he talking about? Well, it's God the Father. So who are they seeing in Exodus 6, 2, and 3? He's God Almighty. And also, just so you know, there's, uh, along with that, there's Genesis 17, 1 and 18, 1. In Genesis 17, 1, it says in their in the j-dub bible it says when abram was 99 years old jehovah appeared to abram and said to him i am god almighty mm-hmm. okay and then uh let's see go to let's go to, well, what, to what's 18. what's
2: the typical response to that to who
1: who they're seeing confusion sometimes they'll say mm-hmm. it's an angel of the lord and stuff like that or it's a vision or a dream okay and in Genesis 18, 1, it says, After Jehovah appeared to him among the big trees of, of Mamre while he was sitting at the, the entrance of the tent during the hottest part of the day. I've actually been to Mamre. I've been to that location in Israel. So it says Jehovah appeared to him. And then I say, no, and I just make it worse for him. And here's another one. You can. I have all these memorized. You know, I've been doing this for so long. So this is Numbers 12. Starting at verse 6, which I'll read to you after we get back from the break, okay? And I'll show All you right. some stuff. I'll show you some more stuff, okay? So hold on, buddy. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. we be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody. welcome back to the show. Hope you're enjoying the show. And if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. All right. Manuel, are you still there? Yes, sir. All right. So, let's see. As Again, I'm always doing stuff during breaks. So, uh... I showed you okay Genesis 17 1 and 18 1, and here is numbers 12 6 through 8 this is God talking he said hear now my words if there's a prophet of Jehovah among you this is from the, their false translation that's what I'm reading from it okay if there's a prophet among you I would make myself known to him in a vision I would speak to him in a dream but it is not that way with my servant Moses. He's being entrusted with all my house. Face to face, I speak to him openly, not by riddles. And the appearance of Jehovah is what he sees. Hmm. Whoa. Well, wait a minute, yeah. Mr. Jehovah's Witness. Did he see him or not? He has to say yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you can go to Exodus 24, 9 through 11. Moses and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, they went up, they saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was what appeared, or seemed a sapphire pavement, and it was as pure as the heavens themselves. He did not harm the distinguished men of Israel, and they saw a vision of the true God, and they ate and they drank. Jehovah now said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here. So he's talking to Moses. We already know he doesn't appear in him a vision or dream. He beholds his very form, and it says here that a bunch of people saw the. It says they saw. It says they saw a vision of the true God. But it's not. That's not what it says, and it does not say vision. So you don't want to use that one because they'll, they, they they've altered it now. Just see, seeing that they saw a mm-hmm. vision of the. No, okay, don't go there. All right, doesn't matter. So now you can see with those that you really have something to work with, and you can do this yeah. by asking them questions. You know, I'm really curious. Could you help me out with this? And let them okay? Now here's something else. We already went through Romans four, one through five. I cannot tell you how important that section of scripture is. This is what it says in the watchtower uh, the excuse me, in the New World Translation. On the other hand, to Mm -hmm. the one who does not work but puts faith in the one who declares the ungodly one righteous, his faith is counted as righteousness. His faith is counted as righteousness. Is he, do mm-hmm. you agree with that? Because they're taught the contrary. This is Watchtower, February 15th, 1983, page 12. You're not going to be able to remember this. But you can find it on Karm. okay? And it's the mm-hmm. Watchtower, February 15th, 1983, page 12. That's February 15th, 1983, page 12 quote many have found the second requirement more difficult this is to sa- uh, how to get saved it is to obey God's laws yes to conform one's life to the moral requirements that are in the Bible so now you have to obey God's laws right Mr. Jehovah's Witness yes why does your translation say the it does not work which is it at this point sometimes what they'll do is they don't want to talk to you anymore they want to leave Mm-hmm. Because you're obviously not interested in the truth. To them, the truth is not Jesus. The truth is the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. That's what the truth is. So they will say they are in the truth. And this is what false religious systems do. We're in the true church. We're in the truth. what they do. Our church is the true church. It's all about their church, not about the person and work of Christ. So, these are these are things that you can use. And there's a lot more, okay. but those are things you can use. Okay. All
2: right. All right. So I got a lot of a lot of stuff on my plate. Thanks, brother.
1: Okay. Appreciate it. All right, man. No problem, buddy. God bless. Okay. God bless. All right. Well. Uh, we had somebody coming in, I think, uh, David from North Carolina. We'll get to him a little bit, and just want to remind you guys out there, we stay on the air by your support. If you like what you're hearing and you want more, please consider supporting us in this radio ministry. All you have to do is go to carm.org, C-A-R-M.org, forward slash donate, and everything you need's right there. And we really appreciate it. We ask, you know, five or ten dollars a month. Because that helps us do budgets. That's what we, we like. Okay, let's get to Dave from North Carolina. Dave, welcome. You're on the air.
0: Hey, Matt. How you doing?
1: Oh, I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there. Yeah, what do you got, uh,
0: buddy? Well, I called you last week. I'm, I'm a polytheist. And I went and called back today to see if you had uh, know of a theologian, a well-known theologian who knows his stuff. Okay. And that has put together a website refuting polytheism.
1: Good. Okay. What's this guy's name? What's the website?
0: Uh, you're asking me. I don't know. That's what I was yeah. going to ask you. If you knew, if oh. you knew of any okay. well-known theologian who has oh. put together a website refuting oh. polytheism.
1: No, I don't know. But uh, no. polytheism is unbiblical so what is the refutation is it from scripture because the scripture clearly refutes polytheism but yeah. we can also do it philosophically because a real basic concept is if you are outside and you see a bunch of trees trees are in the category of tree of tree so trees what you see are a subset of a greater concept called treeness if you have many gods then they are by definition a subset of something greater godness this is a little
0: bit over my head Uh, i don't understand your train of thought on that but uh i'm anxious to learn i'm i'm willing to go online and do some reading and researching But it, I, I just can't carry on a philosophical discussion over the phone. It's, okay. it, it's very uh, philosophy is very difficult for me. I'm I'm not that's learning okay. it at all. I got a high that's school okay. graduation, but uh, uh, I, I'm just right. uh, I need time to assimilate something I read. I'm much better at reading than I am okay. at talking. And so what I would really need is to uh, have something I could go to on my laptop, print out, and then read at my leisure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, okay. I, I, I obtain a, a lot of knowledge by reading, but I don't obtain that much knowledge by talking, because gotcha. it's, uh, I'm a little slow, and it's hard for me to uh, follow when someone's talking, whereas when you read it, you can pause and And reflect and then continue. Gotcha.
1: I gotcha. So So I've got something for you you to read.
0: But you don't know anything at all for me to read,
1: right? I said, I've got something for you to read. Okay? Okay. In the Bible, Bible, there's three chapters Isaiah 43, Uh 44, and 45.
0: Isaiah 43
1: to 45. That's what they call 2nd Isaiah,
0: right? Um, no, Isaiah no! no I know said, about that.
1: I, the and Second Isaiah. No, it's, it doesn't work like that. But because um, uh, Jesus equi- uh, attributed both with the sections of supposedly First and Second Isaiah to the same uh, to the same author, Isaiah. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: So but you understand? Just, if I'm a
0: polytheist, I don't buy totally into Jesus' deity. De- okay. You
1: know, I'm just telling you so what now, you can read. I w- yeah. Just read first I'll thing is read just read. It. Yeah, read Isaiah 43, 44, and 45, because there's lots in there in those two, in those three chapters that teach monotheism and deny polytheism.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, we can, I, you can I read it. You can talk. Some talk. Place, yeah, I, there ahead. are some places, you know, that, that uh, deny polytheism. But I told you last week, you know, where, where Jehovah said, that I shall have no other gods before me, and Paul, in one location, says there are many gods, but to us there is one God, and I can't remember where that is. And uh, it eight. was, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. uh, so, you know, I, I I have a lot but of reading I need. To.
1: But here, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me explain. So you went. What you're talking about was First Corinthians eight, f- uh, five, and six, uh-huh. and this is what it says. Okay. It says, uh, at, for even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or in earth. Indeed, there are many gods and many lords that are just simply called that. Yet for the for us, there's but one God, the Father. So he's saying there's lots that are called gods, but they're not really gods. And then if you go to Galatians 4, 8, it says, however, at that time when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are no gods. But now that you've come to know God, or rather be known by God, and it goes on. So Paul is saying, oh, there are gods out there. They're false gods. They're not really existing. Yeah. But they're called you
0: understand? Gods. You understand naturally that I don't take the Bible as the final authority of being my polytheist. I wouldn't. But... Uh, I'm interested in reading, because I, I have never read anything against polytheism, only what I was taught growing up in church, that there was only one God. And uh, yes. other than that, I've never uh, studied an uh, uh, article that refutes polytheism.
1: Yes, I can write philosophically refuting uh, polytheism because you can't ground universals in that. You can't ground the universal laws of logic. And then it has to do with categories and how you have gods as a category of something else. And something else is greater than yeah, that, which I is the ultimate.
0: More about that. I know
1: you can't get that, but I can do that. I can show you from the scriptures, the God's self-revelation, where he says there aren't any. He doesn't even know of any other. So those are the two main ways. Okay. Yeah. But you understand
0: about my uh, handicap not being able to trust Mm -hmm. the Bible, right?
1: Well, it is a handicap, uh, but the Bible, let me tell you, we only have a little bit, let me tell you something. The Hebrew in the Old Testament and the Greek in the New Testament are letters, the alphabet are letters, but the letters are also numbers when the hebrews would write when the jews would write the hebrew text they're writing letters but the letters are also numbers they only had one set for both the same with the greek the reason this is important is because the jews and the jews were christians who became christians they were they believed the word of god was supreme you do not alter it in any way you have the judgment of god coming upon you that's what they believed when they yeah. made copies of this, they were cr- incredibly uh, careful. The, the scribes, when they would write the, and copy, when they came to the name of God, would go clean themselves, change clothes, come back, write the name of God, then go back and change clothes and clean themselves again, and then continue to write. And when they, they did it each time they came to the, the name of God, the reason I'm telling you this is to show you something: the Bible is accurately transmitted from then to now it is very accurately transmitted they didn't screw around with it and change all this stuff it's what it actually says so when you read it in the english you're getting what it actually was from the original okay, okay? but
0: but you still understand that doesn't change my view on the okay. hebrew or greek scriptures but i'm just still one,
1: one thing at a time that's all yeah and there's the music we got to yeah. go so tell you what just go ahead and, and check it out and then call me up and tell me what you think and we can talk a little bit more okay all right, right Take
0: care.
1: All right. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show. May the Lord bless you. And by his grace, we'll be back on there tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Another program powered by the Truth Network.